Let not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore for opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Amen. Good morning, church family. It's always humbling as a pastor to receive um, compassion and love and support from your local church, especially us. We've uh, had a lot of that recently, and um, hopefully by the end of November, everything will be good. But until then, there's some really nerve-wracking days coming up for us, but we want to thank you, each one of you, for your support during this time. Um, Lucas appreciates your prayers. Our family appreciates our, your prayers. Over the last couple weeks, it's been crazy watching the television, has it not? It's been crazy watching how hate can become so prevalent around the world in just one week. I won't begin to put my, st uh, my stamp of approval on any one side here. But I will say this, that when innocent children and families are murdered, it is hard to watch and it is hard to listen to those that say that they are godly and kill people. It is really hard for me also to understand, and I understand more than most because I understand the culture and the many, many years that have, that have encompassed uh, not only Israel, but the uh, Palestine area, and that word Palestine, by the way, is a rather new word. It was coined by Romans and also by uh, the British. But it is kind of an amazing thing to see cousins kill each other. And uh, I, my prayers in the last couple weeks have been to the children and to the innocent people that are losing their lives uh, because of a couple bad players in, in a story. So if you could pray, and if we will, we will be actually um, getting humanitarian aid to the area too, because believe it or not, we have churches where the bombs are falling, and we have churches in the area that uh, are dropping the bombs. So um, until people find Jesus, um, there will always be hate, and we have to deal with that. So as a church, I think it's good for us to remember during this time that we are the beacon of hope. We are the beacon of uh, giving during this time and that we can make sure that the people that are suffering, no matter who they are, experience our love and compassion. Let's bow our heads this morning as we open God's Word just for a short word. Our Father in heaven, I want to pray that you'll be with us this morning as we have many emotions running through our heads, through our hearts. Dear Father, there's a lot of things in this world that just don't make sense right now, but I pray that you'll be with us and give us hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, preemptive salvation. Doesn't that sound like a guided bomb? But it's not. Preemptive salvation is giving you something that you didn't know you needed. In fact, if you look at the word salvation, there are many words that we use to describe what salvation is because today as we celebrate communion, really it is about salvation that Jesus Christ has given to us. Salvation means to be saved. It means to be freed. It means to be released. It means rescued, cured, defended, healed, maintained, preserved, protected, proclaimed, regenerated, safeguarded, salvaged, secured, 
safe, and unthreatened. For me, that is an amazing thing to see that salvation is all those things because it's offered to, yes, even Jesus' enemies as he was dying on the cross. It was given to them saying, hey, you know what? This is something that you can have. As they're crucifying him on the cross, that is exactly what was being offered to them as he was bleeding. He was basically saying, it's for you, the ones that were giving him the whip. Romans 10.10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confesses, and it is made unto salvation. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. You know, it's hard to accept gifts. It really is when you're in control. You see, the blood of Jesus Christ is something that... Uh, already covers our sins even before we do them, and that makes us naughty sometimes because we know the forgiveness is there. How many of you, if you knew you were forgiven of something, would actually go out and do a crime? Don't answer that, please. <laughs> it's amazing that when you have the blood of Jesus covering all your shortcomings, that sometimes we take him for granted. In fact, he turns into just a, please, will you give me this? Instead of, I'd like to establish a relationship with you, God. I'd like to establish a relationship, and relationship means that I don't just get without giving. And I'm not talking about money because, you know, there's a lot of things that take money. In fact, I think I was talking to the PA guys the other day, and they're like, well, to fix that thing, it costs around three grand, maybe five grand. Just depends on what we want. But I was like, what really fixes the problems of the world around us? It's not money. It's not money at all, but it's the heart that is behind the money. In fact, if you look at Hebrews over and over again, they talk about the blood of Jesus and the boldness that we have. It says, therefore, brethren, in Hebrews 10, 19, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You see, the blood of Jesus will allow you to get before the throne of God. 1 Peter 1, 2 says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace be to you and peace be multiplied. Wouldn't that be great? To have peace multiplied just because of the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the richness of His grace. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what is salvation to you? He has broken the chains of your destruction. He has broken the chains that hold you fast to the one that wants you dead. He has made you free. What will you do with your newfound freedom? I always ask that question. If you were given total freedom, what would you do with it? In a relationship, if you're talking about relationship with God, if you all of a sudden realize that God has given you everything, no matter what you give back, it doesn't seem like enough, but you don't want to get stuck on that. It's not about giving money. It's about giving of yourself. How much of yourself have you given to God? 10%, 20%, 40%, 99.9%, 88.3%, I don't know. But when God has given you freedom, what are you going to do with it? When he has spilled his blood for you, what are you going to do with it? Far too often I get comfortable in the fact that I know that his blood will cover no matter what I do. 
and I get stuck on what I do versus what I am. Because you see, if you receive the blood of Jesus Christ, you're given freedom. You're given renewed life. In fact, He is the salvation. We always say that, you know, grace is the thing that gives me salvation. No, it's Jesus. It's a gift from Him. And when you take it, remember this in your head, when you take the gift of Jesus Christ, make sure you feel His hand as He is handing it to you because there's a person behind salvation. You see, it's like a new relationship between a husband and wife, and you're walking along. You want to be as close together as you can because you want to not let anything get in between you. That's how it should be with the relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, I look at one of the books of the Bible, and I don't think this one really should be in the Bible if we were honest with ourselves, but I know it's there for a reason, and that's the book of Hosea. That is a twisted book. For those of you who don't know, it was a prophet, and God asked him to marry a prostitute to symbolize what Israel was doing during that time. And he was like, uh, you sure? <laughs> but his tenacity in love goes exactly what God's tenacity is for us. He says, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in loving kindness and mercy. And yet we know who she is. God knows who we are in our hearts, but he also betroths himself to us. God, through the prophet Hosea, shows that even if we are wayward, he pursues us. His love is so powerful, it does not give up in selfish disgust. Let me repeat that. It does not give up in selfish disgust. He pursues at all costs. In Jude 1, Jude 1 21, it says, Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. You see, we've got to be always with that in our minds and in our eyes. Whatever you seek in life, you will find it. Make sure that you're seeking God first. Isn't there a text there? Well, you know there is. I'm a pastor. It's like Matthew 6 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All these things will be added unto you. And you know where we go immediately as human beings? We forget the first part of that and we go, and all these things will be added unto you. It's not the point. The point is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the point of Christianity is seeking God every single day. And yet we don't. With hate rising worldwide and with the destruction of Christianity on the lips of many, it's time to declare the salvation of God to even those that hate us and spit in our face. It's time to show them what real love means. It's a tough love, and it says, I'm sorry, I don't agree with you. You're wrong. God loves you, but you are wrong. It is destructive to believe the way that you do. It is time to get a relationship with God and let Him change you. If you do not let Him change you, there is no way you're going to spend eternity with Him, and I want you to. And I have that conversation with myself every week. With the hate rising around, I cannot be one of those that hates. He offered salvation to Adam and Eve and still offers it, that same salvation, to anyone that is willing to accept it. He wants us to have a meaningful relationship with him. 
And the question is today, will you really accept it? It's time to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior if you have not yet. The time that we are living in is stressful, but God can give you peace even when everything is falling down around you. So I pray that you will be with, I mean, that God will be with us today as we celebrate this communion service. It is a promise that one day God will eat this meal with us again and it will have a lot more meaning. It won't be just some bread that doesn't have any rising method in it. It's just a cracker looking thing. And, and some grape juice that sometimes is sour and sometimes sweet. It will have so much meaning to it because all of a sudden at the end of that table, the one that gave his life, that spilled his blood, that gave his body for us will be there and he will be breaking bread with us. Wouldn't that be a wonderful meal to eat? It's a wonderful promise. Today also, as I close here and as we go into the next part of the service, we, we celebrate open communion. Those of you who have given your life to Jesus Christ it is an open communion. You may do communion with us. Um, we do something interesting. Some of you have not been here before, and you may not experience this. We have the foot washing ceremony, and uh, that is where people can wash each other's feet in a symbol of humility. Um, families, right below me, right here, is a big room that's open, the junior room. That's where families can go. Men, I think you're in the primary room. Ladies, I think you're in the fireside room. And then there's a room back here into the hallway and to the right for those that can't make it down the stairs. But I would like you to remember today as we celebrate communion that it is not only the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it's also the relationship that we've established with God. And that as we do that, remember what happened in the upper room? Was it a peachy, wonderful place? Was it a wonderful place? They just got done fighting. Who's the greatest? And Jesus, through his humility, showed that the greatest is the one that serves other people. Let's bow our heads as we close and as we open the next part of the service. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for the, the symbols that we're about ready to partake in and the activities. And dear Father, also I pray that you'll be with the families that are represented here. Dear Father, there are some that can't make it here today too because of sickness. Dear Father, because of cancer, because of heart and other things that are going on in their lives. Um, immune system problems, dear Father. And we also want to thank you for being with us as we are here today. Just pour an extra measure of your Holy Spirit upon our church family. In Jesus' name, amen.